Welcome to the Awaken Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy Walters. Get ready to create magic and miracles as you lean into your heart's desires. I believe not only does the heart want what it wants, but it knows. This show is a weekly deep dive into what it means to live from an awakened heart. I'll be sharing inspiring stories and real conversations with people just like you who have turned the ordinary into the extraordinary. My mission is to show you how you too can be connected and heart-centered in every area of your life. Your journey to aligning with more love, more joy, and your wildest dreams come true starts now. Welcome, my friends, to the Awaken Heart Podcast. And today's episode, we're going to be diving back into the world of shamanism and talking about energy workers and intuitives and psychics and mediums and individuals who are supremely gifted at moving, reading, and accessing energy, whether it's in our bodies or from the other side. One of the oldest known and preserved ways of healing is shamanism. A shaman, a medicine man, or woman, they connect with all that is, and they work with transferred ancient knowledge in various traditional healing techniques. The shaman perceives healing as holistic and seeks for the balance of the body, heart, mind, and soul. The shamanic medicine is applicable to physical, mental, and emotional suffering, as well as blockages in all areas of life. The symptoms are traced to its roots where they are removed on their spiritual level in the energy field in order to achieve lasting results. Shamanism is really amazing because working with someone that is skilled in these tools and these arts and this ancient teachings helps you discover unimaginable possibilities. And then you come back to a healthy relationship with yourself and your environment, back to physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual power, and you take back your own personal responsibility. Today's guest, Analia Jackson, is a medicine woman. She is a shaman, a spiritual seeker, teacher, a Reiki master, and a certified fitness nutrition consultant. Analia studied shamanism for eight years with Janet Ingalls Smith at the Light Song School of the 21st Century Shamanism and Energy Medicine. Like many people, Analia endured personal tragedy and experienced betrayal of every kind with its very beginnings in a challenging childhood. She was the recipient of severe criminal activity. She buried her first true love and later navigated the trials of divorce. She was a single mom and she suffered from political agendas in her career. Analia believes we all have some variation of this. It is the human condition, and she refused to allow any of it to defeat her or reduce her. Instead, she studied the ways of spirit, energy, frequency, light, love, and vibration, and increased her natural psychic abilities. Analia sought wisdom and was determined to keep moving forward. Analia's mission is to use everything she is and everything she knows to uplift, motivate, and inspire, and most of all, to relieve suffering. Now, as a side note, this episode was recorded in December and it was originally supposed to air in January. Obviously, I didn't get it out in time. And she has a course that she's immersed in right now that was being offered at the beginning of January. Just so you know, there is another course that she is launching the same one that is being offered in April. So you still have the opportunity to join in on that amazing program. And now here she is, today's guest, Miss Analia Jackson. Hi, and welcome to the Awaken Heart Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you here, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. It all centers around in what's happening now in the world, how we really need leaders to step up and to live in full authenticity of who they are and how they're going to help people in the world today. And, you know, spirituality and shamanism, you know, I had just gone off a series where I had done, uh, talked about my ayahuasca journey and shamanism and healing and all that beautiful stuff that comes along with it. And you've been doing this for years, as far as, you know, you're a medicine woman and you're a healer and you use your hands to heal your Reiki master. 
and you um, do tarot. And a couple of years ago, I had done two courses on um, tarot and the wild soul. And I love how it has so many different interpretations and so much meanings for different phases of our lives. So with that, I know you're fully stepping into your power and you're ready to dedicate yourself to to your work and everything that you've done for many years and embracing it fully and really dedicating yourself to the gifts that you have to share with the world. I know I give a little bit in my intro about your background, but if you could just let our audience know a little bit what led you to doing what you're doing now, like how it came about and, you know, how you've developed it and, um, you know, maybe what challenges you had in your past and how you overcame them to where you are now. Wonderful. I'd love to. Well, to, to start, I've been psychic my whole life, but I thought everybody was. I didn't realize <laughs> anything different. And when I did realize that it was different, I kind of tried to push it back and not use it, not not let anyone know because I discovered that sometimes when I let people know, they judged me kind of harshly. So I always would know things, whether I liked it or not, sometimes I would know things. And I always had healing in my hands, but I hadn't really paid attention to this because I was a busy woman in this world that had children to raise and I wanted to get a degree and I wanted a career and I wanted to raise the children well. It was very busy, but then I had a trauma in my life, a tragedy, and it definitely hurt my heart for real. It turned into an actual broken heart, a literal broken heart. And um, I was very scared and I went to a cardiologist and he looked at my heart and, and did some mechanical thing exercises with me. And he said, well, I know what this is. I've done this for 25 years thousands of times this is a valve that is faulty that's going to need to be replaced but i can't see you from new tests more tests and pre-surgery things until for six more weeks so you go home and don't exercise don't you know strain yourself and i'll see you in six weeks for these other tests well in the meantime i decided i did not want anyone cutting my chest open um, I was very scared about that. And so I went to a friend who was a medical intuitive and she said, you know, I think a soul retrieval is what you need. And I said, what in the world is a soul retrieval? And she said, well, you call Jan Inglesmith. This was like way back in 2007. And Jan, she was very busy. And she said, let me put you on a waiting list. And I said, certainly it's gotta be you. It's gotta be the best in the Northwest. So sure enough, within a few days, somebody canceled and I got in for a soul retrieval. And after that soul retrieval, my heart was quiet. And when I did go back for all those tests, the cardiologist wanted, he couldn't find the problem. He put me on a treadmill. He had me wired up. He wow. sonograms. He couldn't find the problem that he had originally diagnosed. So in the meantime, I was talking to Jan and Jan was talking to me about me entering her school um, to study shamanism. And I was scared because I was a very dedicated follower of Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean I wasn't necessarily a traditional follower. I wasn't a fundamentalist Christian that went to church all the time. But I had had an encounter with him, and I absolutely adored him and loved him. He was like jet fuel in my life. Mm -hmm. And after the encounter with him, he had told me that I would be doing this work. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> I love that personal relationship with him. Yeah, and um, but he said um, all the things, like he said in the Bible, all the things that I did, you're going to do too, and even more than that. And I was like, oh yeah, how? How am I going to do more than you did? <laughs> and he said, well, you guys have the internet. You know, he said it. He didn't say you guys. He said it more like Jesus would say it. <laughs> Thou shalt have. Yes, uh, yes, you have more communication ability. And I was like, oh, I get it. So anyway, I thought, sure, sure, I'll do healing work and, and uh, loving work for people like Jesus. 
Um, but then I put it away and I became a corporate executive and I was often, most of my career was in executive management of nonprofits. And I was raising three beautiful little girls that I adored. And I was very busy because you're out in the world in a corporate you know, business uh, career and you're with little children that you're trying to raise up to be good adults. And when this tragedy happened and I went to Jan and that happened, I thought, okay, I can reconcile this. I can still have Jesus and I can study what Jan knows because something's telling me. I kept getting signs that I'm supposed to, like the day I was supposed to sign up, I said um, to spirit, I was praying, you know, tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. So I walk, I go ahead of appointment and I walk out my front door and there's a black crow feather on the rug as I walk out the front door. And I pick up the black crow feather because I love feathers and things like that. And I put it in my car and I drive to my friend's house and I go to get out of the car and there's a black crow feather at the doorstep of my friend's house. So I pick up the black crow feather and I'm thinking, how odd, two black crow feathers. Mm. So I, I visit with my friend, I go to leave, I get back in my car, I go back home and at the, my back door, there was a black crow feather. Wow. And I, I went out the door, another black crow feather. I went to get something out of my car. There was another black crow feather at my feet. And finally, I picked them all up and said, okay, I get it. This is a message. You guys are trying to tell me that I'm supposed to go with Jan and, and that there's a naked crow in the neighborhood now. <laughs> so <laughs> I kept all the crow feathers and they're now hanging oh. on. And so um, I kept them. I just knew I was supposed to keep them. So I kept the crow feathers and I entered Jan's school. And I was with Jan for eight years and studied uh, soul retrieval and different indigenous tribal ceremonies that could bring about deep healing. Because the one thing about me, it's even in my logo, uplift, motivate, and inspire. And above all, I want to relieve suffering. And so soul retrieval, um, is a deep energetic healing that a medicine woman does with her power animals and you and they you work with spirit to really go and find those pieces of your soul that have been broken off from you through tragedy and so it's kind of like you're encased in your soul like it's your luminous energy field and when you have a trauma or a tragedy it's as if something comes by and smacks pieces off of your soul into the environment. And so then you're a little bit debilitated from that point on because those soul pieces were your divine essence that God gave to you and no one else. And they're supposed to give you vitality and health and strength and power. And now you've lost some of your power. And so we go with our power animals into non-ordinary reality and we journey to find those soul pieces for you and bring them back. So what's interesting is that with my psychic abilities, they grew and grew and grew and got more and more powerful as I kept doing these ceremonies in indigenous tribal ceremonies. So now it's to the point where when I go into a ceremony to do a soul retrieval, you have already written your intention for your ceremony because for any ceremony in shamanism you want to write a very clear intention so spirit knows um, what it is you're truly wanting out of this healing because energy will always follow intention once you have that intention written and i go into the soul retrieval with you they start talking to me and telling me things i see pictures of your life and i'm following my power animals and my power animals are going into one of those pictures so there might be a picture of you as an eight-year-old child at a playground uh, there might be a picture of um, egypt there might be a picture of a beach scene or an office scene and I'm waiting to see where my power animals are going to take me and once they take me into a certain picture it becomes like three-dimensional around me and I can tell what happened I can feel the energy the emotions um, the event and I start telling you oh well this is I'm on the playground and a bully has pushed you down and the teacher's mad at you instead of the bully and you got in trouble and you're crying and there's soul loss all around you and my power animals are picking it up and as i'm talking if you can 
term and start saying, yeah, I remember that. That was Tommy. And he was so mean to me. He was mean to me every day that year. All of a sudden, spirit starts pouring into me all this information about the teacher, about Tommy, about you, about the event, how it affected you, why it affected you. And all of a sudden, now you've got all this information about how you truly are worthy. This was just a, an event in your life that was unfair. And Tommy had gotten beaten up by his dad that day because he was an abused child. And the teacher had an argument with her husband that morning before mm -hmm. she and all these things came together to smack you at this moment in time and cause you so lost that you didn't deserve. And, you know, they, they fill in the blanks of your life in a loving way. It's all so loving, so powerful, because love is such a high frequency. And you need that high frequency that, that to access spirit, to hear them and to do any kind of a ceremony so that's how soul retrieval started to evolve for me and became really powerful it's probably the my favorite thing i do because i see such deep soul healing and such beauty come out of a soul retrieval and it's just such a loving uh, ceremony when i'm doing it i feel the love they're trying to pour into you and bring back your soul pieces and lift you up and make you sparkle again and shine. And then at the end of that soul retrieval, there's a beautiful sacred ceremony that's very precious that is just for you. And then my power animals go out and find your power animals. So you're introduced to your power animal and they have something to say to you at that point. And then the ceremony ends and you do a prayer of gratitude and a gift of to spirit um, in your own time after that. But it's just been so powerful and it's become more and more of a psychic experience for me. Like I'm hearing them and all kinds of things can happen. We can do, go into a past life if it's relevant, you know, and spirit is deciding all this. I'm not deciding it. Once you write your intention, they know where to go mm -hmm. and i am totally focused on on you and your intention and staying in alignment with your intention for the ceremony and i'm totally focused on really hearing spirit and bringing them through for you and so i'm not choosing and i don't read your intention before we go into the ceremony because i don't i want you to have the confirmation that they were really here with you because i couldn't have known your intention because i didn't read it and so they uh, will sometimes they decide we need to go back to a past life. So maybe it's a past life in Germany or it's a past life in Egypt or a past life in Africa or Ireland. And they will tell you what happened during that past life that still is with you today that is causing upset. Sometimes a curse needs to be unraveled that has followed you from generation to generation or has happened in this life. And they will take me there and show me how to unravel that for you. Sometimes people who've passed on will come in and say, I need to tell you uh, this thing that I didn't get to say before I left. And so all kinds of beautiful, beautiful things happen during my soul retrievals with people. And that's become my favorite work. But then when I decided to really step into this work as a full-time practice and make it my everything and really work my mission as Christ told me I would be, I um, decided I'm going to start out with tarot because tarot also has become a very psychic tarot reading for me, more than just a tarot reading. So in tarot, there are 78 cards. And 22 of those cards are the major arcana cards. Major arcana cards are spirit talking. They're, they're destiny, they're karma. It's spirit's message to you. Um, and it gets woven into the layout when you put it down in a spread. There'll be major arcanas mixed in with minor arcanas. Minor arcanas are the activities of daily living that you're doing, things that are in your energy field that are impacting you right now. So it might be a two of cups, which means you've got love in your life or love coming in. It might be a five of wands, which means you have some petty conflicts going on. You know, maybe some arguments at work or a family feud going on. It might be some of the court cards, like a queen or a king or a page or a knight, which are people who are active in your world. 
and depending on what suit they're in and which court card it is it will talk about energy coming in or a message coming in or a authoritative person being in your world that's what the minor arcana are so when i have a reading i if it's a zoom meeting which i can do these on in fact it's lovely to do them on zoom i will shuffle for a long time before I, you come into the meeting and then when you're with me, a lot of times I'll shuffle for a little while and then I lay out the cards and I start telling you what I'm seeing in the cards and what I'm hearing from spirit. And you then tell me if that resonates with you. Does that make sense? Is it accurate? You know, is that what's going on? And once you confirm that, yeah, that's what's been going on, then I let you start asking me questions and tell me all about the things that are on your heart. And I'm shuffling and I'm laying down clarifying cards on all the layout to see what else does spirit have to say about this. And at that point, they usually start talking and they will tell me things, you know, about, well, yeah, she does have some conflict going on at work and it's a person who's acting like a bully and this person is jealous and threatened by her and that's why they're trying to poison the well. And you can get over that by doing this, that, and the other. So we go through the whole layout again with spirit talking to you and advice being given to you and more details being given to you. And then I, at the end, I pull out all the ma major arcanas from that reading because I want you to just see what spirit's message was in this reading just for you, what spirit wanted you to know about you. And once I do that, that's a like a, a hug and a kiss from spirit because they usually have this message that is so uplifting and so loving and so sweet and just powerful and and good and that's how i like to leave the um the tarot reading or the psychic tarot reading so that's the my two major things i do but i also do animal healing with hands-on animal healing and i can do that long distance and I can hear, uh, I can get messages from the animals. Um, funny, one time I, there was a horse. The, the woman kept asking me, he's, he's got this allergy of some sort. He keeps having um, fluid come out of his nose and he's always kind of gagging and hacking. And I tuned into the horse and I asked spirit, what's going on with the horse? And they showed me little spores, like little mold spores in the air. And I came back and I told the lady, it looks like he's got an allergy to some spores. And she said, no, I don't think so. Are you sure about that? Where would he get spores? He's in a corral out on the outside. And, and I went back and I asked Spirit, I said, are you sure spores? She's saying not, it couldn't be spores. And all of a sudden they showed me a vision of a great big spore spore you know it was like right <laughs> and i said no they're saying spore for sure and so she went back to the barn and she busted open um some hay bales and they were moldy mm. she it really was that the horse was allergic to these mold spores and um Good those are they brought you in that poor horse <laughs> so how in all these modalities like shamanism, the soul retrieval, tarot, you know, your Reiki, how do the messages come through? Because you're like a conduit to whatever messages spirit has for you. What does it feel like? And how does it come through? I mean, is it, I, I know some people, uh, Laurel and Jackson, I've learned a lot about her and how she sees it, like how it's kind of a grid. And then it's kind of like almost Atari on a grid. Sometimes it's a, a feeling or uh, how is it for you? Well, I can give everybody a little bit of a demonstration that they can try themselves. So if you take a deep breath and you close your eyes and I tell you, okay, so now imagine that you're on a beach and that the sun is shining and it's a bright, sunny, beautiful day. And imagine that the waves are rolling on the beach in a gentle way. And imagine that you can hear a seagull's call. And you can hear some children playing off in the background like they're playing volleyball or something and you see a child at the edge of the shore and they're they're building a sandcastle so you just saw all of that in kind of a hazy dream-like vision right in your mm -hmm. mind 
and you could kind of sort of hear the seagull and hear the children playing and you could kind of smell the sun in the sea and the being at the beach a little bit and you could kind of feel like what it felt like to stand there on that sunny day with the ocean just gently waving that's what i experience i'll get these little subtle visions like that and what i've had to learn is to grab onto them and not discount them not to push them away and say oh that's my imagination that's me being trusting silly. yourself trust trust and then as you trust like one thing i teach in my classes is instead of calling it clairvoyance clairaudience clairsentience claircognizance i call it subtle voyance so subtle vision subtle hearing subtle understanding subtle sensation because it puts a lot of pressure on you when you hear clear because it isn't always clear. It doesn't come in a booming voice all the time. Sometimes it will. I've had it come in where they're shouting at me and saying, turn right, you know, right now. Or like the spore, <laughs> the big spore picture that they gave me was super vivid because they were trying to get across to me. No, we're serious. We mean spores. But most of the time it's subtle and you just have to relax and trust it and grab it and go with it. And then as you go with it, the thing I've learned about spirit is once you trust them and respect them and accept what they're trying to tell you, they start giving you 10 times more and it gets very powerful. They're like, okay, she's investing now. She's engaging now. She's trusting and respecting us now. Now let's give her more. Let's really go for it and give her the big message. Give her all that we've got. The other thing I teach is that people in our society have kind of hurt us by making imagination into one of those fairy tale silly things that you shouldn't take seriously it is very serious even einstein said it's more serious than intellect so you want to think of the word imagine as the sentence image in you're bringing an image in to manifest reality and so everything that we have in our world in this three-dimensional reality was once an image in somebody's mind before it was a solid physical object. So it's the same thing with developing your psychic abilities, your intuition, your understanding and seeing, your, your visions, your, your hearing, your sensing, your knowing. Um, grab onto that still small voice, grab onto that tiny, you know, um, blurry, faded vision, Grab onto that sensation you feel into your body. Grab onto them, even though they're subtle and they're soft. And say, okay, I trust you. What are you trying to tell me? And then claim it and go with it. And it, nine times out of 10, it's exactly what they were trying to get across to you. And as you do that more and more, it gets stronger and stronger. And another tip is to raise your frequency and vibration because they are at another frequency way up high in our society that fear is very low vibrating and there's so much fear around and it just it just holds you down to the ground in a very dense heavy painful way and so the best thing you can do for your health and just and to stay healthy and to stay connected to your higher self and to spirit is to raise that frequency and vibration because the higher you can raise it the closer you are to them and the more clear you're going to hear them mm -hmm tuning your, your frequency and your radio into their frequency. And so it's very important to keep your frequency high. Mm -hmm. And it's so important now more than ever. I mean, there, it's always important because there's, you know, we're all made up of energy and vibration. If you think about it, just like a radio signal or like a Wi-Fi signal or how the TV's coming through, like literally like we've got frequencies all around us. And like, if you turn the channel to a different channel, you're on a different channel. It's the same thing for you picking up spirit, picking up these other entities, these other beings, these other energies that are around us, you have to tune in and therefore you have to raise your vibration. You have to work higher. And a lot of it is coming from your heart. Like there's so, so much energy and frequency coming from your heart and it's much more powerful than what's going on with your mind. And it's been studied and, you know, when there's coherence, anything is possible. And I've been working on that myself recently. Like, oh, you told me I had a beautiful reading with you last week. And, you know, I was shown 
You know, I have to meditate. I have to get back in and connect because I've got angels all around me. And I've been making sure that I do that every day. It's slowly like getting back to my practice, but literally like I'm starting to see a little bit more synchronicity where I think about someone in their call and just little things like that. And someone is saying like, yeah, it's all energy. I'm like, exactly. And, uh, you know, I went to sleep last night watching Gaia trying to be like, have like better things going on my mind before I go to sleep. And I was, this is out there for a lot of people. I don't know how many people know about the Galactic Federation. And they were talking about how it's like, you know, vibrational. And once you like, open up to it and say, yes, I want to be a part of this. They come in. And literally I was saying that before I went to sleep last night and, uh, you know, I kind of feel a little more, but there's so much more to this world than we can even comprehend because we've been dumbed down. Just like your imagination is wrong. Like you're living in your imagination. Stop, you know, living in a fantasy, but that's, that's where creation is. It's imagination and, and it's real. And you can like, you think about it first and then it becomes reality. Exactly. Yeah. She will always seek its match. So if you're vibrating really low, if you're you're in fear and you just can't pop out of it, um, you're going to attract a lot more of that kind of energy to you. So it's uh, a daily practice of pumping that vibration up, raising it up, singing, putting on your favorite music. Um, doing whatever you can, dancing around, move, moving, um, exercising, drinking lots of water and healthy foods and uh, finding joy wherever you can uh, when you start to sink into the lower vibration, uh, because that's what will keep you healthier and attract more goodness to you. And your comment about um, getting out of your mind and going back into your heart, that is actually the definition of a shaman. Mm. A shaman is one who sees in the dark with their heart. And so when you really want to connect with spirit, you need to go into your heart because you're not going to be able to access them through your mind. You know, the mind can discern and and analyze and figure things out, but it's your heart where they're going to impress upon you the messages they want you to have. It's like all the teachings, all the great teachings, like Jesus, he's the master of teachings, like the kingdom of heaven is within. It is within. We have everything within us. We're yeah. very, very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And um, we just, it, like you said, we have been dumbed down. And a lot of those wonderful things that could be tools for us have been taken away or made fun of or called woo-woo or called, you know, wacko or whatever. And they've taken them away from us when they really were our tools for survival as a human being on this planet in this dimension. And so it's kind of tragic. And one of the, my goals, uh, I love to relieve suffering and I love to make sure that I teach people how to have more tools in their medicine bag. So more ways to cope, more things to understand how to navigate this three-dimensional reality that can be really, really harsh. Mm -hmm. and, and things you can do to take care of yourself and to pop up and get your frequency up and and help heal yourself. Because it's, you want to leave somebody empowered to, like you said, you give them the tools to empower themselves. So many people are reliant on, I mean, you need outside sources in order to like show you the tools, but you want to empower them, not make someone like a reliant or victims. There's so much victim mentality going on there out there. It's like having own responsibility for yourself and having the tools to get yourself out of whatever situation or create whatever you need to create. Absolutely. Yeah. And you have some, um, you have a new course that you're starting in January, right? What is that one about? Well, it's January 9th on Sunday afternoons from one to about four. And it's called Spirituality 101 Mentorship Program. So um, it starts with, it includes a soul retrieval before the class starts so that I know everybody has experienced soul retrieval and experienced finding their power animal and um, feels good about how to access or, you know, feels safe because they've been through a ceremony and they, they've experienced it. And then we get into the classes and 
the first class is usually about ego because I believe that's the most important thing to understand is how to command your ego and put it on the shelf on your shoulder to the side and not be leading through your ego. It's incredibly important in spiritual work to constantly be working on commanding your ego and not letting it get ahead of you. But then the the second class is a workshop called journeying for self-care and that's where i teach you to journey in lower world to work with your power animal and build that relationship and get answers for yourself and then from there there are seven more or eight more uh, sundays that we meet to learn different things that i've um, learned in my 40 years of studying so there's uh, one unit that's on hands-on healing like reiki what is reiki how does it work what's the history of it how do you become a Reiki master? What can Reiki do for a person? And then also the reconnection, which is Dr. Eric Pearl's um, version of hands-on healing. And then also arc healing, which is more from the Holy Spirit. It's more of a faith-based hands-on healing. There's another unit on oracle cards and reading oracles and pendulums and what that's like and what it's about. Uh, there's another uh, unit that's on uh, other modalities like access consciousness or the emotion code, some of those um, types of modalities. And I just go through all those things each week. There is a syllabus that comes with it. And we explore what are these things, because what I'm trying to do with this is not only become a spiritual mentor for people, because lately it seems like people who are brought to me are those who are seeking their their truest and best mission, their best healing gifts. They want to develop them. They want to know, what do I do? I know I feel in my soul I'm a healer, but I'm not clear. Should I go with Reiki? Should I go with shamanism? Should I do something else? Should I go with hypnosis? That's also one of the units. And so it's a chance to explore all of them and kind of get a feel for them and an understanding of them and talk about spirituality. And then, so that's 10 classes on top of the soul retrieval and the workshop and then i also do a one-on-one -on -one coaching mentorship meeting with each student once a month while they're in the program and at the end of the program we have a little graduation and then they are invited to be part of the private facebook group that's just the students who have been gone through that program and it kind of becomes my tribe <laughs> mm. And it's a small handful of people you're working with, right? Right. I only uh, this time want five people in a class. I've done it. I've kind of graduated to bigger and bigger classes. The first was two wonderful ladies who actually talked me into doing this. I never thought of doing it. I was. They begged me to do it and convinced me to put it together. And then I did. And we had a wonderful time. I had a wonderful time with them. And a couple years later, I did three more ladies. And it's funny how, um, you know, all meetings and classes and workshops are divinely ordered. The clients that are supposed to come, the students that are supposed to come together and be together as co-students and co-supporters and be there um, it's amazing how they match. The first two ladies were about the same age and they were about the same lifestyle and they were interested in about the same things. The next three ladies were all single moms and had many children. Each one had a different amount of children. I think one had one and one had three and one had five. Wow. Um, now this group is coming together in a very different way. So this time I'm doing five. I have five openings for this um, particular January class. And um, I'm, I've am i got two people signed up, so I have three seats open right now, although two more people are talking to me. They just haven't uh, committed yet and uh, registered, but uh, I would love to have a full class. I could extend it to six if, if I had that kind mm -hmm. of, and I intend to do this a couple, two or three times a year and see you know how it goes but so far it's been very successful and the people who have graduated are still we're very close and they're doing wonderful things in the world well it sounds like an amazing class and with such a smaller group and they're all ordained to come together because that's how it works there's so much personal care and attention that goes into like this whole program 
I think it's excellent. I wish I could do it if I wasn't moving. (laughs) I'd be right in there. It's beautiful. So yeah, all those different healing modalities they can practice. So how do they find you? How will my audience, I'll put some in the show notes, but what is the best way to get into this course or to reach out to you? Well, everything I do is Analia Jackson. So Analia Jackson, which is spelled funny, A-N-N-E-L-E-A-H-J-A-X-E-N at gmail.com is my um, email. And I, I'm on the computer almost all day. So I answered pretty quickly. Or my website, www.analiajackson.com. Those are the two best ways. Um, I also have a phone number if they'd like to text. It's 971-221-9757. And don't go like spamming her and tech. No, just kidding. <laughs> she gave her phone number. That's really nice of you. Like, yeah, reach out to her directly like that. Um, so I wanted to ask two more things before we wrap this up. Um, we had talked about before we had just come on about how people... Um, might not be stepping into their full power because they're afraid of what other people think, you know, something that has been, you know, burning on their souls they want to do, but that they've been wanting to do, but they're afraid of judgment from others. So what is the best way? What advice would you give people that might want to be doing, might have had these gifts that have been underlying for so long and might've been really practicing them, but hasn't, haven't gone full out into the world with their gifts, like say they're psychic or say they're, they're a medicine woman or a medicine man or shamanism or any of these healing modalities where someone, other people might look at you like you're woo woo. Um, (laughs) And they've been wanting to do it, but they're afraid of judgment from others. What would you say to someone in order to empower them to step fully into their power and their calling? I think for me, what helped the most was thinking of the people who are hurting out in the world and realizing that at this time, as we all know, our world has gone upside down. Mm -hmm. So um, difficult out there right now and scary. And there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of um, uh, unknown where everybody is just frightened. So thinking of those people and how they need me right now more than ever, and that this was why I came to the planet. If you have these gifts, and if you've been studying them at all and and refining them and evolving and building on them, you can bet that before you ever even got to this planet, you had agreed to a mission where you were going to contribute and help. And so start thinking of those people who are so in need of the gifts you have and how you can uplift them and relieve their suffering and possibly even help them discover their own gifts. So they go out and it exponentially starts to build and grow of all these healers helping other people to become healers, helping other people to become healers and and holding the light like i had um somebody yesterday that i did a reading for who was frantic because they were stuck in oregon and they want out of the state and i said you know i kind of feel like that too because i'm feeling very oppressed but one thing that spirit keeps telling me is that we planted you there for a reason you are the a light bearer you are a light worker and we need certain light workers at certain sections of this globe of and and of this nation and you were planted there we need your feet on this land right now to hold the light because the light will overcome the darkness So know that this is part of your work to be doing this work and to be doing it here. A lot of times your most important work is just holding the light. When people judge me and I have, um, I have people in my life who are very staunch fundamentalist Christians. So it was a real hard time there for a while because they were really um, not happy with me. And it was horrific to me Um, because I was being called a Satanist. And that's like the most horrible thing you can call me. But I kept being true to myself and being loving and good and authentic and being who I am. And it took a while for them to actually see it, but they've had proof over and over and over and over that I am a good person and that I'm doing good work and I bring good results. And Jesus even said, you will know them by their works. 
And so in time, you may have a little bit of that, you know, where they look at you funny or they don't want to talk to you because they're afraid of what you do. But just keep being you and keep focusing on those people who need you so desperately right now out there in the world and keep holding your light and bringing in love and raising your frequency and vibration. And there'll come a day where they will come to you if not for a healing and a reading because that may be too much for them at least in friendship and burying the hatchet and and accepting you for who you are because you were authentic that's the best i can say because it's it's been my journey i i've had times where i totally went in the closet and locked the door and that didn't serve me or the people that i so want to help so And you know, it reminds me of the quote. I always hear different sources of where the quote came from. I know Marianne Williamson says it, and then I've heard it's Eleanor Roosevelt. I don't remember the whole quote, but it's just about how, you know, you might be hiding your light. Like, who are you to shine your light? But who are you not to shine your light and show your gifts? Marianne Williamson wrote as a speech for Nelson Mandela. Mm. Our greatest fear is not our darkness it's our light that most frightens us mm-hmm. you know we who am i to be fabulous you know gorgeous talented um but who are you not to be you're a child of god and your plain small does not serve the world there's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you we were born to make manifest the glory of god that is within us It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as you let your light shine, you automatically and consciously give others permission to do the same. I love that. You could just recite that. Thank you very much. Beautiful. It always, uh, always makes me tear up. Yeah. And when you feel um, down at all, or, or you lose some self-respect or self-worth somehow, you read that and you're like, yes. There's nothing shrinking, there's nothing um, enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around me. I'm going to go heal this person and they can just deal with it, <laughs> you know, deal with that, the fact that that's the work I do. But I'm going to serve those people who need me. I'm going to find them and I'm going to lift them up and I'm going to relieve their suffering and then hopefully help them to find their gifts so that they can do that for others as well. I love it. Beautiful. We need people like you. Thank you for sharing your gifts to the world. It's so important. It's so needed. We need healers. So anyone that's on the fence about really stepping into their authentic power, we need you more than ever. And um, together we're going to help raise the consciousness of this planet because we're at a crossroads here. Like all the darkness is coming to the surface as we've all seen. It's like nut nuttery out there. But also it's coming to the surface also to be healed and it can't remain there anymore. It's being brought into the light of day. And so as more people pop awake like popcorn and we're planting the seeds for them as well, we can create so many, you know, we call it new earth, beautiful new systems, different ways of doing things, healing the planet, loving animals. This old system needs to go. It needs to go away. So thank you for bringing your light and stepping fully I mean, you've been sharing your gifts for a long time, but now you're like going like Rambo mode. (laughs) So um, yeah, I want to thank you for being on. And before we go, I always ask my guests one last question. And because it's the Awaken Heart podcast, I'd love to hear from you what it means for you to live from an awakened heart. What it means to me is love. Love is the key. Love is the answer. Love is everything. If you can, that's why I teach that to learn to put the ego on a shelf to the side every chance you can because and come from love because love is the healing, the ultimate healer. Love is what heals us. And um, so that is um, how you can most awaken your heart is to constantly be finding and seeking love wherever you can in a pet, in music, with friendships in a love relationship, in your work, uh, in serving others, love, 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 love. 
And it's funny, you hear love, like love is so important and people think, oh, love, it's this thing, but it's actually a living vibrational frequency. That's what our whole universe is made up of is love. And it's not some Valentine's idealistic thing. It's actually a creative force. And that's what we all are here to learn and to re-remember, like if we've lost it, remember it, that we are love, that source is love. And we're returning to that. And that's what we're supposed to bring to this. And one of the things that I was taught by Jesus in different books where he was quoted to, there are two things in the world. There's love and there's fear. Most of us think it's love and hate, but it's actually love and fear. So if someone is acting out unlovely, it's not that they're hating you. They're in fear of something. And so the way to counter that is to give them love because that is actually what they're asking. You know, if they've gone into fear, what they're actually asking for is love me, please love me. And they're not feeling loved or they wouldn't be able to act unlovely. You know, they wouldn't be able to act out in that fear. But most of us see it as hatefulness. And so we get defensive and then we get protective. And then then nothing goes well because defense is actually the first act of war. I believe I read that in a Byron Katie book. (laughs) Defense is the first act of war. And I, I, once I thought about it, I was like, wow, you're not supposed to defend yourself. But then I thought, yeah, when you do, then you're just inviting another attack back if you defend yourself. Mm -hmm. That's why I think a lot of the Asian wise men would never defend themselves. They just say, oh, is that so? (laughs) You know, they would just kind of go with it because they knew if they defended themselves from that attack, that verbal attack, it wasn't going to go well. It would just become an offense, defense, offense, defense, offense, defense kind of a thing, I think. And it always does become that because you get triggered and then you just go, ah, and it never ends well. It just goes back and forth, back and forth. And that's a really good practice to have right now with all that's going on and all the differences and all the division that's being like created actually to keep us apart from one each other because we need to unify and unite as one human race species. Only way we're going to heal things, heal the planet. It's a way to look at it like they're afraid. Maybe they're like little afraid children and to have compassion for for them and to forgive them and realize that um, it's not hate. They're afraid. They're afraid. Like picture them as a small, afraid little child. But how do we do that with the Bill Gates and the Joe Biden? Yeah, the, those, that's a whole different story. Those people are, I, I, I have to say it. I feel like they're evil. Yeah, I do. There's a lot of evil happening. So those, you know, our everyday interactions and our people, like picture the you know, the small little child, but there's a lot that needs to be eradicated that's happening right now. So there's evil. They're power hungry, you yeah. know, and not care how they get that power. But, you know, with the, uh, a lot of the polarization that I'm seeing, I try to see them as afraid. So mm. if they're acting out about a mask or a vaccine or whatever they're acting out about, I try to say, okay, they're scared. They're really, really scared. So I need to just be as loving and kind and considerate and soft as I can be with them because they are so scared. They just need to feel safe and loved, as safe and loved as I can do for a stranger that's, you know, upset, but um, out in the world, I mean, mm-hmm. they're in my office. It's a whole different thing. You know, I'm right in there. I roll up my sleeves and I get right, get with right in there. And that kind of um, mindset for people like the ones that are out there, it's more for yourself. So you don't carry around this own, your own fear, your own hatred or your own anger, whether we feel like they deserve it or not. It's actually, you know, cause hate only hurts ourselves. Anger only hurts ourselves. It's to keep our own hearts open and not go down to the lower levels that they are. Exactly. Totally makes sense. Well, thank you very much. This has been such a wonderful conversation and I appreciate you and I'm honored that you are on here. And I so look forward to all that you're going to do and help, you know, other people to become like fully empowered healers like yourself. Thank you so much. It's been a joy being with you today. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Awaken Heart Podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, head on over to your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me at the awakenheartpodcast.com. Mm-hmm.